Hey, this is Angus Crookshank, and you're listening to the Future Sickos Podcast. But you can hear our disease. Call the doctor, call an ambulance, but it's not for me. Where the sickos were despicable, and that's why we scream. Yes, ah, 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 ah. Yes, it's a space, it's but you can hear our disease. Call the doctor, call an ambulance, but it's not for me. Where the sickos were despicable, and that's why we scream. Yes, ah, 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 ah. Yes. What is up, future sickos listeners? We are joined today by a very special guest uh, calling us from Sweden. We've got Fabian and myself on on the line. So I just uh, I want to start this off, Fabian, by by asking for for your proper pronunciation of your name. I know, like I, I go to Starbucks, and this is probably the first time they've ever actually gotten Brennan right on my cup. <laughs> But my name, my name uh, here is is not super common. I think Brendan and Brandon is is the more more common name. So I, I get everything from like Devin to I, I, sometimes I think they just don't listen. But this is about you. So so the proper pronunciation of your name for for the listeners. Anyone tuned in? I think uh, every every word uh, works. But uh, Fabian Lucell is uh, that's uh, that's how I pronounce it. Fabian Lucell. So like. The like Lou like and then is so the team that you played for this year is that a similar way of, of how you pronounce the team name? Yeah, yeah, I can say that. Okay, and and how do we pronounce that? Because I think we were also struggling with it. Uh, Lulio. Lulio. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. All right. And how are you doing today? What are you What are you up to? I'm doing well, guys. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm actually playing paddle tennis right now. Uh, so. Uh, I- Took a bit of break and uh, get on with you guys. So uh, everything is good. So for the Canadian listeners, I believe from Fabian explaining it to us just prior to the show, paddle tennis means pickleball. I'm pretty sure I've got it narrowed down. I could be wrong. Like maybe he's going to pan the video over later and it's going to be something completely different <laughs> that we've never seen before. But I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's pickleball out here. Uh, but that's a fun game. That's awesome. It's great. Yeah. Are you so? Are you playing that with with teammates? Is it just some of your buddies are just kicking around? Is just kind of something you do for fun, or? I mean, you can play with the whatever. But right now, I'm playing with former teammates. I'm actually back home in Gothenburg, where I'm originally from. Uh, so I'm playing with uh, some guys from uh, my former team. Unreal. And then, so you're you're back there right now, um, just just kind of training, like relaxing, just enjoying your summer. Yeah, for sure. I actually we had. Uh, the summer practice that ended a week ago in Lulio. So then I, we actually drove back to Gothenburg. It was a 13-hour drive. Uh, so I, I had that drive with a teammate that's also from Gothenburg. And uh, so I drive, drove straight to my summer summer place and spent a week there with my family. And uh, then uh, actually yesterday I, I went back to Gothenburg and uh, and started uh, working out again. Right on, right on. Um, so do any of the, uh, paddle tennis ball games get heated? Like, do you guys start, uh, start really getting into it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, all of <laughs> us are pretty competitive guys, so it can be pretty hated out there, but, uh, I mean, we just enjoy it. It's, it's super fun. Did, any, any broken paddles? Uh, in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, actually I, I broke a racket. <laughs> it was my dad. So uh, he wasn't too happy about that, but, uh, I bought him a new one, and uh, now it's, it's working fine. So uh, no more broken uh, rackets uh, in the future. I hope that I can't show you for for sure. 
You know, I, I, I'm a golfer and I, I gotta say, I've, I've had a few broken clubs in my day and it wasn't just from, wasn't just from my swing. It was usually from my reaction to the swing. So hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so I, I'm glad we could finally make this work, uh, Fabian. I know we've been talking back and forth for like ever. Um, uh, but you know, I had some personal things come up and, uh, and you were really busy as well. And we're in totally different time zones right now. So, uh, so we have that to deal with as well. Um, well, my brother-in-law, he recently moved to Skeleftia, if I'm even saying that right. I probably butchered it. Um, but uh, he was just telling me, like, the food out there is outstanding. Like, do you have a go-to pregame meal? Um, no, I don't, actually. Uh, <laughs> I try to, to eat healthy, at least. Um, I mean, I got a food schedule that I that I work through, and uh, I have some different opinion options, but uh, I got no like go to go to meal um i had pasta before but nowadays i'm actually not uh, eating any pasta or, or those stuff so um i would just say maybe tacos actually if i can choose from uh, everything but uh, that's yeah we have those here <laughs> i was gonna say no, traditional exactly. traditional swedish uh delicacy tacos i love it <laughs> my my um <laughs> So my my girlfriend's father is a linesman. He was a linesman in the NHL for years. And I think he he worked a tournament in Sweden at one point. And so through through the tournament, uh, they were eating Swedish meatballs and his wife. So like my girlfriend's mom fell in love with Swedish meatballs. And now it's it's her favorite meal to make whatever whatever she has a guest over. I think she loves to to show that she can cook something a little different, but they're they're incredible. Like anytime she makes them, I I licking my plate clean. So, yeah, Swedish meatball is the best. And uh, so, what about traditional traditional Swedish music? Are you a big ABBA fan? I know my my first concert. I was eighteen years old. I saw Vici in like a little tent before before he got too big. And you have you have a lot of really really amazing uh, like EDM music that that has stemmed from Sweden over the years. And I'm curious, what kind of music you listen to? Is it is it the traditional ABBA stuff or more traditional EDM or 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 neither? Um, I think uh, the traditional EDM stuff. I, I mean, uh, I enjoy listening to Avicii. Uh, he's obviously from Sweden. He's uh, a legend and icon here from from here. So uh, he's he's uh, for sure one guy that I I try to listen to. But uh, I mean, it's different what you're trying to do before a game. Maybe you're gonna want to be more pumped up and you can turn on some Avicii or, or that stuff. But uh, when you're just home relaxing, you can listen to pretty much uh, all of the music that's uh, that's good so um, it's 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 a bit different but uh, which is for sure one of those guys that I listen to levels just never goes out of date does it no you can never <laughs> get bored of it <laughs> so many levels to it um, all right so so we can we can kind of start to pan to some of the more the more hockey questions because we can we can get you back playing here but um, so so the first question that I have for you, Fabian, is I'm really curious. So I, well, one of the things that we always hear with players uh, who, who are going through the draft prospect, and and we, I understand that right now you've been interviewing with teams or you, you've been conducting interviews with, with teams that are going to be looking at you for the up, upcoming draft. And one of the things that 
obviously happens in that is, is there's a lot of questions that are asked and there's a lot of questions that are asked that I think they try to, they, they have psychiatrists, some teams, and, and they, they get different responses from things that we would never expect. So I'm curious if you've had any questions that have come up that you kind of look at and you're like, I have no idea how to answer this or that are just kind of like odd. And you're like, I don't know what you're going to get out of this, but this is just my honest answer. Any of those like kind of funny experiences you can share with us? <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's obviously different, as you said, um, from team to team. But I think just just from my experience this year has been uh, where it might have been some tough tough question because I obviously transfer transferred from a from another team and uh, and those stuff. So that was a, actually a tough time dealing with. Um, and uh, yeah, but now nowadays I'm I'm used to it, so I I try to be as honest as possible and. Uh, and answer why I did that, but uh, yeah, it's it's obviously so different from team to team. Uh, you can you can uh, come up after a meeting and wonder what the hell was going on there if they didn't even <laughs> like it at all. Or your, but uh, I think it, it has worked well actually. I'm uh, I try to do just be myself and uh, and work with that. So I, I think it, it was Shane Pinto, if I'm not mistaken, on, on the Ottawa Senators now. Uh, he said that there was a couple of questions that they asked him in his interview. And he said that he got off and he's like, there's no way in hell this team's picking me. And it, <laughs> and it was and it was Ottawa and they ended up drafting him. So I think it kind of just goes to show you have no idea, right? Like it's it's like writing a test. You don't know sometimes until, until you get the mark yeah. back. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you just try to enjoy the process, I guess. It's... Uh... You get drafted once in your life, and uh, that's a fun experience. But uh, the road doesn't end there. I think uh, you got a lot more to prove and develop. And uh, the the thing that matters is uh, how you become in the next five or ten years. That's uh, that's what I'm aiming for. So, but I mean, uh, for sure, it it can be difficult difficult at times. Any any uh, funny questions they ask you? Like I don't know, like it, like what your favorite kind of ice cream was or anything like that i guess that that's probably not even that bad but. maybe I, I think actually i had a question about what uh what am, animal I, I would be if i choose uh, from any or what kind of animal i i like do is similar to but i had no idea what to answer there i, I think i just said like uh like a hyena or something that's really fast <laughs> that's awesome oh, man. at least that, you're part of a pack so that's a good thing yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and they are fast, and I think I like to go fast as well. So I think that was an okay answer. I don't know if they liked it, but uh, it's whatever. They're definitely That's good. like a hyena is like a hungry predator. Like you could have said like something fucked up, like squirrel or something, and then they would have been like, oh, we're not taking this guy. <laughs> turtle. I don't know. <laughs> a turtle. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I just have a follow-up to that. Have you had your, cause, cause we're a senator's, um, you know, based podcast. Have you had your interview with uh, the senators yet? Yeah, I've spoken to them. And, and <laughs> I, I guess it's pretty broad to say how, how did that go for you? Um, uh, it was, uh, like maybe two weeks ago, but I think it was actually one of the better meetings, um, I hope they agree on that, but uh, yeah, I think we got along pretty good there, and uh, we had a good chat. So uh, hopefully they they like me and uh, maybe draft me. We will see. And that and that wasn't the hyena one, right? <laughs> uh, maybe it was. I I am not <laughs> sure, but uh, no, I think uh, the the animal stuff was uh, 
like two or three months ago, but uh, okay. I'm not sure. All right, so uh, so one of the more frequent questions that we like to ask prospects like yourself, and this is a question that you've probably heard before, so I apologize for the repetition, um, but we have to ask it. Is there a player uh, in the sort of modern NHL that you like to model your game after or you look at and kind of say, like, I hope, you know, when I develop, I turn out to be somewhat like this guy? Uh I mean, there's a lot of fun players to watch for sure in the NHL and uh, you try to model uh, as many as you can. But for me personally, I, I think I, I tend to watch a lot of Barcel. Um, I mean, his uh, skating and scaling is really good and he he's uh, he has become a, a really important player in uh, an input player in the, the Islanders. So uh, I, I would say him, but uh, definitely a lot of guys that I, I can watch. That that's a great comparable. <laughs> I think we like I, I think we like Barzell. <laughs> He's he is so much fun to watch. I uh, yeah. I went to a Islanders Leafs game with with my girlfriend because her like her dad was working and we went down after and all of all of the guys were uh playing keep up like with the soccer ball. Yeah. Uh, when we went down and we went back up and Danielle was like, oh, like, were you excited to see any of the Leafs? I was like, I saw Matt Barzell. That was all I needed. <laughs> I was like, he's, yeah. he's a man rocket, certified man rocket. <laughs> Beauty. <laughs> On nice. and off the ice. So for so this year out of Sweden, I mean, I guess it's not really any different than any other year because it seems like year after year, Sweden is just producing incredible prospects. Last year we saw it with, with Holtz and Raymond and I'm, I'm sure you've, seen that with those guys as well but this year there's a couple a couple other guys that maybe we haven't had as much exposure to uh just just because like in north america due to covid and i'm just kind of curious if you could give us a bit of an overview of your opinion of of playing uh with or against william eckland and jasper wallstead so i'm just curious as to what your experiences are with uh, either or both of those guys if any and and what you think that they might turn into at the nhl level so I'm playing with Jesper, and he is obviously one of the biggest talented goaltenders I've seen. Um, he's just he's a monster in in the net for sure. It's it's really hard to in the practices score on him. It's uh, it's unbelievable. Um, and then uh, Eklund, I I think I played that tournament with him, U18 national team. A while ago and he was obviously really good there but i think just this year he has developed a lot and uh, he saw he was obviously one of the uh, biggest impact players on the roster in uh, shl team which is uh, really um how do you say it's really impressive nice or good impressive yeah, yeah sorry yeah, yeah. Uh, so um yeah both of them are, i think they're gonna develop and uh, play in the nhl in the future for sure Maybe yeah. just a, a quick follow-up to that. Is there any sort of sneaky, good, uh, draft-eligible Swedish player that no one's really talking about that you've played with? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think Schrömgren is really talented. I, I know you guys probably know him, and he's, yeah. he's not that kind of underrated player that nobody knows about, but he, I think, in my opinion, he's pretty underrated, but... Um, and then I would also say a guy, Jesper Murenberg, he's a defender uh, in Linköping. He's also really, really good and he, he's, uh, he's a fun player to watch. So I would say those two guys, but there are definitely a lot of guys from Sweden that's, uh, 
that's not recognized a lot, uh, as they is, is supposed to. Awesome. Thanks for doing that. That's that's great to uh, to sort of endorse some of your teammates there. Um, so Fabian, you've you've heard me say this before to you and all of our listeners right now are aware that you're my number one guy this year in the draft. I'm not saying it just because you're sitting in front of me or to pump your tires. I just genuinely believe that the sky is the limit as far as your skill is concerned. And I'll Thank always you. sort of call it how I see it every year at every draft. Um, what would you describe as your best asset as a player? Because I know what I see when I watch your game and what I really like. But I'm just curious sort of what you see. And it's a tough question. It's tough to sort of speak highly of yourself or, or give yourself that credit. Um, but but you're going to have to do this, I guess, every draft interview. So so what is your best asset as a player? I think, first of all, I will just say thank you for, for that, that appreciation. That's uh, really kind of you, for sure. Um, but I think I try to always be that competitive guy that push the place a lot. I mean, I use my pace at all times. I'm not, I'm not giving up on the play. Um, and that's the thing that I, that I'm always going to do. And I think that's going to help me develop into a, the player I want to in the future. So with that, I think I use my skating and stick handling to, to challenge opponents and uh, in the transition play and, uh, you know, just, just make things happen on the ice all the time. I, I try to at least. So, uh, I guess I would say that, but uh, thank you so much for that. No, I think that's that's the perfect sort of endorsement of your own game. But the one thing I notice when I watch you play is your ability offensively to drive the middle lane. And I think that's something that a lot of young players struggle to do, but you seem to do that seamlessly. And almost every time you have the puck, you're always sort of aiming to give yourself a more... Um, a more threatening position offensively. Is that something that you um, that you do on purpose, or is this sort of something that just sort of comes in in the moments within the game? Uh, uh, I think it's it's uh, it's maybe a bit of both. I think uh, it comes from obviously my mentality to always create. Uh, so driving to the net and attack it to to make scoring chances. It's it's the way I think to go, but. Uh, it's definitely something I work on to always have that small details to try to create a little bit of space for yourself to to make that happen and to create that space for yourself. Awesome. Amazing. No, and you know what? I'm, I'm going to switch the order of my questions a bit because I, I think that just with Derek touching on that, uh, it, it kind of goes really well into this. So I was going to say, like, even just for myself, like watching a handful of your games, it's it's evident very quickly how dynamic you are on the ice. And I think like like you said, like your ability to to create plays, I think that is kind of what you you see as your identity. And I mean, that's a great thing to see as your identity. But um, and, and just the way that you're like polarizing and you have that, that skill and like that skill that star players have. And I, I mean, like we won't, we won't get ahead of ourselves because obviously like being a star in the NHL, like th there's a lot of, of things to go forward with, but it, it reminds me a lot of, of the guy's Jersey that is behind me and, and Tim Stutzel when I was watching him last year for the draft, because he has that ability, uh, that, that some players just don't have that high amount of skill. Um, and looking at your, your elite, elite prospects, uh, sheet, at least it looks like that's something that's not new to you. It looks like you, um, have been, have done quite well, basically your, your entire life, like from, uh, at least like 
when, when records were being kept to your stats, I don't know if they were padding it and you're going over to the the referee. Like I got an assist on that, but no, but, but, uh, but like you're, you're like more than, more than two points per game, sometimes playing in, in leagues where you're a year younger than everyone else. And it's kind of something that's been amazing. And I guess my question to you is what do you think that you can continue to add to your game to reach that next level and to continue to succeed because i think that's that's kind of like that's that's the crazy part of all this right is like you're already so good but it's like what can you continue to add because with with growth it's so important when when you're becoming an nhl player and like what do you what do you think um will also help you kind of reach that level i think yeah thank you for that uh for sure uh but i i I think you got to improve everything, especially the things that you are good at, because that's the thing that separates you, I guess. So working on my my strengths and improving those to be more efficient and dominant in those areas is definitely something I'm I'm going to do as my career uh, continue. But um, for now, I think improving the strength in the corners and uh, to protect the puck, especially when you play against men's this year, it was I think the first 10 games was really good. And then maybe I had a little bit of a diff because it was pretty hard to, you know, get prepared for each game. You get you get pretty, like, um, exhausted after a while. It was a lot of things uh, happening and and those stuff. But uh, definitely working on my strength and uh, the ability to create space in the corners and obviously the shot, shot and all those things. But uh, improving my strength is, is, the, is the way to go for me, I think. Amazing. Yeah, I think that's kind of a common theme when when you're at that age. I know at least when I was your age, um, even without playing hockey, I would eat as much food as I possibly could. I couldn't gain any weight. So I, I can I can imagine that um, it's one of those things. But yeah, like the strength c- continues to come. And I'm sure you're in good hands as well with your nutrition programs and everything that you have. Yeah, but I, I, I agree with you. It's it's still hard to, to, to eat uh, uh, as much as you're supposed to. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you almost feel sick, right? Like the amount of food that you have to eat. What's that? Do you almost feel sick sometimes with the amount of food that you have to eat? <laughs> yeah, it's sometimes it can be. I mean, I've uh, I've not been the best guy to to eat in my entire life. If I'm being totally honest with you, I <laughs> I mean, I had the the cha- shakes and the protein shakes and those stuff, but uh, I'm pretty full uh, with my stomach after one meal. So, but I think I've I'm improving on it and I'm hopefully I will will continue improving on it even more. Awesome. So so speaking of playing in that men's league, uh, I was wondering we touched on it earlier, but I was wondering if you can elaborate on your season and your experience in Lolia and and perhaps for Lunda beforehand. I think people that just sort of casually follow prospects, they can get caught up in looking at production and numbers. And sometimes those numbers are really deceiving if you're not initially put into a, a position to succeed offensively. Um, you know, you're you're having to play a, a diminished role where you're playing with with lesser minutes and lesser time, and and that must be tough mentally because you know, like it's your draft year, you really want to produce, and I could see it every time you're on the ice. You really want to be, you know, you want to be the guy and show what you have to these NHL teams looking at you. So how tough was that for you? Um, no, but as I said in the beginning, it was just like I just tried to go out there and uh, push the play at all time. And I had some had some result there, but uh, 
I, it was just, it was, I think, pretty frustrating. I, I missed a couple of chances there in some games, and maybe you had a pass, and the player didn't score on the goal, score on the scoring chance. So, uh, but you just try to to keep playing and uh, and do your best. That's that's all you can do. I, I think just uh, if you watch watch a guy and they, did, they don't produce, you you try to watch uh, how they play instead and uh, what it can bring in the future. But uh, I mean, it was um, maybe I would hope for a little bit more producing uh, next season for sure. No, I love that. I, I love that answer. Like, I love how you sort of put that on yourself. And you said, like, even though, you know, if you're not producing, you can technically you can produce in other ways. Right. As long as you're sort of back checking and you're staying true to your style of game and not sort of, you know, trying to do too much. And I think uh, I, I think that's what you showed that you could do this year. Thank you. I think one of the big things as well with with the Swedish Elite League, a, a lot of the European leagues that might be a little different than the NHL is I don't know that there's always as much as of a focus on prospect development when you reach the highest level. Because I think like when you're in the NHL and it's your prospects, you're you're like, okay, like we need to let these guys uh I think there's a bit more of a leash, if that makes sense. There there's more room for players to have the freedom to be able to do things. And I think that those those leagues are extremely defensive. Uh, they're de- they're defensive leagues. It's games that are focused on team play, playing defensive. And uh, I mean, like I, I I do I do love I love your game. I love what you bring. You're extremely dynamic dynamic. But um, it, some did you sometimes like sometimes it might have it might have been difficult to be in a role to to be dynamic like that. Um, similar to what happened to Lucas Raymond last year, and and maybe it was kind of like a similar situation to that as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, as you said, uh, you're you're totally through there. That uh, SHL is pretty like they play in a system that's pretty hard coach, and uh, it's very hard to get those chances two and one and uh, have a breakaway. That's uh, that's not happening a lot in in that league for sure. Unfortunately, the interview with Fabian was cut short due to poor connection between Sweden and Canada's internet. As a result, we weren't able to ask all the questions that Derek and I had hoped, but we were able to ask quite a few and and had some good ones. So coming up now will be a discussion of the answers that Fabian provided from Derek and I. It sounded like both Derek and I, as well as Fabian, were all kind of just sounding like robots at the end there. So uh, we we decided uh, that it it wasn't working. It wasn't going to produce anything that would have been worth listening to i don't think we're, we're gonna be able to hear him on his end um but but i do have to say we're extremely thankful that he came onto the show and the questions that he he answered the answers that we got out of him and everything that that happened up until that point was phenomenal he's he's an incredible incredibly young guy and i i think that we we are both extremely extremely happy that that he came on and and you know what things definitely could have been a lot worse we're we're lucky that we were even able to have the interview go that long I, there's there's times where people run into technical difficulties overseas right off the bat and it, and it just doesn't happen at all so so thankful for that and and thank you Fabian for coming on to the show yeah outstanding i i loved all of his answers we'll get into it in a little bit brennan and i and uh yeah, we just uh, we wanted to say we appreciate uh, Fabian taking time out of his day and out of his uh, pickleball schedule to uh, to come on and chat with us. And uh, it was just a pleasure talking to him. It, it sort of confirmed 
all of my preconceived sort of thoughts prior to the draft. Um, as far as, uh, you know, number one goes in my mind, uh, that that's who, who owns that pick, but, uh, but we'll see how it plays out. You kind of secured the bag with that one. And yeah, you know, Absolutely. like I I'm, I'm excited. Like now, now we can still get in and, and talk about it, but no, it's true. He, uh, he definitely kind of shocked me a little bit that he was 18 at first and also just how well he's, he speaks, he speaks well, he speaks extremely good English. I think that a, a lot of Swedish people do, but, um, he, he sleep, he speaks great, great English, um, carries himself extremely well. And he was really mature. I, I felt like any character issues that have been kind of presented to him, I feel like he's kind of owned things and, and he's really kind of saying like, Hey, like I realize that, that there's things that grow. And um, I, sometimes I do think that also you can tell when people are more humble just with the way that they speak to people. And I mean, like, I, I know like at least, at least myself, I won't speak as much for you, Derek, but I'm just some, some random dude with a couple of jerseys hanging in my behind me. And <laughs> he was able to kind of take the time out of his day to come on and, and speak with us and have uh, have a pretty awesome conversation. He seems like a down to earth person. So I, th I think that also speaks volumes. No, absolutely. And, and exactly what you mentioned. I mean, any sort of, character issues, attitude issues. To me, it was always bogus. I mean, I was communicating with Fabian, like I said, for quite some time. Um, and he always took the time out of his day to answer my messages to, you know, wish my daughter well, you know, various different things that would speak against any of these sort of character attitude issues. Um, you know, when you're a young player, you have to advocate for yourself. If you're not getting an opportunity and you're in your draft year or you're in your draft minus one and you feel the pressure of the NHL draft start to sort of creep forward. And you know, like he knows he's an, a gifted NHL caliber player. Um, that's got to be really frustrating. And I think he was quite, he was honest about everything. And, and I think that's what teams will appreciate. So I, I really do believe when teams interview this guy, He's going to he's going to interview in the most sort of outstanding way. I think he's super mature. He speaks well. Like you said, he has great English. He's he has a great awareness about him. And I think that'll carry over. And he kept touching on his play away from the puck and his defensive game um, a lot more than I think people realize. But he does not quit on plays. That's the type of player you're going to get if you draft uh, Fabian Liesel. Yeah. And I think even just kind of like the acknowledgement of like, you know, like he can help teams in different ways it doesn't necessarily need to be his dynamic ability but you can like and and you know i totally understand even where the frustration comes from like you have to figure if you're if you're a player and you're coming in and, and you're a guy who has dominated at every level that you've been in and, and that's that is fabian lasell like that that is what has happened like he completely shredded up basically everything everything since he was 14 uh years old and he's he's been He's done extremely well. And now he kind of comes to a place where that's his game. That's what he's able to do. That's how he contributes to a team. And he's having a really difficult time doing that because he, he isn't put in situations where he's able to do that. He's, he's focused on having to play that defensive ability. He's not given that opportunity. It's kind of like we said before, like Lucas Raymond in like a fourth line role. Well, Lucas Raymond just isn't a fourth line player. It, it, on any team, like it's just, it's not one of those things that works. So um, I think that it, it is kind of a really like, it's a really unique situation. And I think that like, while people can kind of beat, beat it down to whatever they, they might want to take it as, I think that it's also important to, to empathize with 
situations like that and kind of be like, okay, well, what would I be like if I was in that role or, or how would I feel? And I do think that that's what teams are really good at doing and they're getting better and better at. Like, I know that was one of the first questions I had, like with, with team psychiatrists and everything, they're asking him what kind of animal he is. This guy's a hyena. <laughs> Love that. That um, was great. The, the, guy, the kid's hungry. But, but I do think that with those kinds of questions, those kinds of staffs now, or, or even just like the same way that I think like even Trent Mann and Pierre Dorian are, are extremely well at reading guys and kind of de detecting that character. Um, I, I think that that's really something that teams have gotten better at. And it's not just kind of like, okay, what are we hearing through this game of telephone or what, what does one thing look like? Let's actually sit down and talk to this guy and see what he's really about. No, absolutely. And I mean, imagine being in an interview, any kind of interview. And one of the questions someone asks you is what kind of animal are you? I mean, <laughs> Brennan, Brennan, what kind of animal are you, man? I'm a lion, buddy. All day. There you go. There Weird. you go. <laughs> Working on the main, I see too. Yeah. <laughs> we, got, we, we hunt in packs. <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> what, what about no, you? I mean, you know, someone, <laughs> someone asks you that question. Like I'd be sitting there on my hands, like, uh, Fuck, I don't know, like a dead cat. I don't like, you know. Well, it's funny. Like we don't, we don't know what we would do now. Imagine what we would think at 18 years old. Right. And, and for some of these guys, when English isn't their first language, it's like, did, did I get this word wrong? Like, do I, am I, are you asking me what I think you're asking me? <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, I, I do think like it, it's one of those things where um, it, it's, it's high pressure situations. It's difficult and um, good for him. He looks like he can handle it. He looks like he can handle it all. And I'm, I'm yeah. so excited to watch him exceed. It's it's not going to be a question of it does this guy make it to the NHL and become a an act, absolute thrill to watch. It's going to be a matter of does a team end up stealing this guy way later than they should in the first round and he ends up going to a team that's debatably a cup contender which is going to suck for everyone in the NHL and, and he's going to be a thrill to watch with them. You know what I, on my drive here to do this interview because I had to drive from my parents to here to uh, to get to my setup to uh, to do the podcast. I kept thinking the whole time I was like, "Fuck! I hope the Leafs don't draft this guy. Fuck! I hope the Leafs don't draft this guy." Like you know, he just kind of seems like a player that the Leafs would target. You know, he's he's an analytical sort of play driving machine that they sort of target with with a ton of skill. And I'm like, man, what they don't even own a first round pick. They'll do that. No, so actually, I was thinking Columbus could could definitely be the kind of team that might want to take a chance on him because they have four first round picks at this at this point. But I was actually thinking yeah. the same thing as well. Like I think that if the Leafs did have that first round pick, he would one hundred percent be the kind of guy that they would love to target. Um, but one thing that he he did mention in his interview is that he said that the Sens were potentially one of the the better interviews he felt that he had, and I, I think that we know from past experience that uh, typically players who get drafted by the Sens have good interviews with the team. Like I, I know, I think Jake Sanderson probably had a pretty good idea that he was going to Ottawa after his interview. And I think that quite a few teams were, were aware that, that um, th these guys were interested in him. And I think that if a team is interested in you, the interview is going to go a lot smoother. So maybe, maybe that's a good sign for Sens fans. What do you think, Derek? It, you know, it gave me an ounce of hope. You know, he's been my guy ever since, right? So he could easily fall to number 10. And to me, that's falling. Like for, for Fabian Lucelle to be available at 10th overall, to me would be a steal at 10th. 
And on some lists, people are talking about this guy at 20th. Like that's just, it's absurd. I mean, if he, if he goes that far, you win the draft. Like, congratulations, you just won. No, no, exactly. And like, I, I can't believe some of these draft boards that that are draw like there there's so many of them out there now where it's like this guy's either going like in the in the top 10 um but then you're also seeing all, all of these boards where this guy's dropping and in, in some instances to like 26 and i'm like <laughs> what like Bananas. okay but for for what reason like i can understand like okay like maybe coming out of the top five because of because of those concerns and and i honestly like like as soon as i see something like that i'm just like okay hey, i'm just not even like your, your whole list is just mitigated. Like I, I like, because of this, like, I'm just, I'm just shredding this thing up because I, I really just think that you're either not paying attention or you're paying attention too much to things that you shouldn't be. Exactly. Um, it, you know, one of the questions I have for you, particularly his endorsement of Wallstead. I mean, I know that's your guy. I know you really want the goalie. You're really pushing for him, but, uh, but he told you like, even in practice, he's, He's not easy to score on. Um, I know recently, I think it's Pronman that mentioned that the Senators were looking at either Wallstedt, Sillinger, or Lucius. Lucius. Yeah. So what, what do you think there? I mean, how, how big of a celebration would it be for you if the Senators end up with the goaltender? I, I would be, I would be absolutely thrilled. And I, I think that I honestly, I asked him that question knowing that he was going to say that, that Wallstead is, is a great player because like whenever, <laughs> whenever a great, like whenever a talented guy, a talented player goes up against a talented goalie and they've been playing against each other probably for some time because they, they would have been playing against each other in Sweden forever or on the same team by the sounds of it. Um, like I, you're, you're going to have a lot of respect for that. Like you even, you have respect for your own goalie and, and mm. you talk up your own goalie all the time. So I think it was a bit of a baited question. I think I was like, you know what, this is a chance for me to get a free endorsement from, from a guy <laughs> that Derek looks up to quite highly, but, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but no, I, I do, I, I do think that, this the the pick makes a lot of sense for Ottawa, and I think that just kind of hearing that really reinstates that he is that special, and he he really is that talented, and and even someone as talented as as Fabian can say like yeah like he and I, I think he was kind of on the brink of saying that he's he's just never really seen anyone at that level, especially in his age group, and I, I just think that to have a goalie like that to me has really kind of become like. My my dream of this draft, and if he does, he is available at ten. I would love to see Ottawa take him, but I, I honestly like I don't know that he'll be there. Like I have a really really strong feeling that he could go to Detroit. He could go to San Jose. Um, I, I think even LA could take a look at him. So I I don't know that he's going to be there for us. Um, but but if he is, I, I definitely would uh, would be really happy if Ottawa is looking at him right now. No, absolutely. And and uh, another question that I really appreciated his answer on, he gave Stromgren, uh, William Stromgren, a, a huge endorsement. And that's a player that I know when we were doing our all of our work, uh, you know, pre-draft, we spoke off camera about Stromgren quite a few times and we were really impressed by his U18 tournament. Um, you know, that that would be a bit of a reach, I'll be honest, at 10 for Ottawa. But a player that you know, his teammate endorsed and said he's actually a lot better than a lot of people think. I kind of agree with that. What do you think? 
Yeah, no, I, I, I loved that. Like, because Strongren really stood out to me, like having watched a bit, a bit of his games as well. And I was like, you know, like, and though I think that I would, first of all, thank you for asking that question because that, that didn't even kind of cross my mind. And it's kind of funny because I feel like almost every year there's always a few guys in, in kind of like that second round, late first round that are in Sweden or in Finland or in those European leagues that kind of just, just don't get as much attention because either they're not getting as much ice time or like they, they aren't producing points at, at a very high, high level of hockey, which I mean is completely fair at that age group. And for that reason, people kind of like forget them or they, they get dropped a little bit more than they should. So I really appreciate that question. Cause it reminds me a lot of like when Sebastian Aho went in the second round, which, which is just absolutely ridiculous. And yeah. I, I think like, it just kind of this, this year, especially, I think will be one of the years where, where that happens. And Stromgren was someone that had stood out to me at international level. He works hard. Like he's one mm -hmm. of those guys that does not quit on pucks. Like I remember watching this guy, like this dude is relentless. He's yeah. an Ottawa Senators kind of prospect, like I through know. and through. Um, yeah. But but at ten, I I I can't see it. Like I I mean, like Ottawa has done things like that before, so I could see it happening. But I I don't think that they will. I think though, I and I I'm starting to think more and more that it's quite likely that Ottawa might package a, the like two of their second round picks that they have to move up either like earlier in the second round or maybe to get into that first round again, because yeah, like we, we don't need the number of prospects that, that we're acquiring or bringing in yeah. and, and drafting. And I think like it, that would just be kind of a, a smaller sample size idea of, uh, of kind of quantity for quality, which is going to happen more and more. We think. <laughs> we talk about that all the time, right? That do. that eventual huge trade that's going to come down the pipeline. We can rename yeah. the podcast quantity for we, quality there yeah. we go <laughs> actually for us it would probably be it would probably be uh quantity for quality <laughs> you know it's Jesus. just i don't even know we're just making episodes about. all the yeah. time but <laughs> but the quality is debatable no <laughs> no uh honestly though uh you know stromgren reminds me a little bit of of a player that i see a lot of Sens fans talking about in mason mctavish i think he has some very, uh, very comparable skills to Mason McTavish. But of course, you know, when you're playing for a Canadian team, you get those big endorsements and it's a player that's sort of become a household name for a lot of people. And sometimes when you're out in Sweden, you don't hear about the, the Stromgrins of the world. No, definitely. And, you know, so, so just kind of on, on uh, this note, I just want to go ahead and, and give a bit of a shout out here to our sponsors as well as our partners. So um, all, all of this, it, we, we have, a, we have uh, some big thank yous in order to give out. So first of all, thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you to 613 Sports. We really appreciate your guys' support, and it really helps us with our show. Um, and of course, a huge thank you to DraftKings. And just a reminder to all of our listeners that – um, if you download the DraftKings app and use promo code THPN, you have a chance of winning thousands of dollars uh, in, in weekly prizes. So um, it, it's definitely worth doing. I know that um, we're, we're always on you about, about gambling. I think once kind of the season starts up again, we're going to come at you with, with some daily fantasy picks for the Ottawa Senators that we think are going to be 
just absolute steals. Um, I think anyone on the Jays right now is looking like a pretty solid option for DraftKings because those bats have just been bombing. Um, but but yeah, so just wanted to to take a minute to say that because we really do appreciate all of that support and it, it just makes all of these processes and interviews that much easier. So yeah, so on that note, um, and also, so I, I have to ask, I'm not familiar with the defenseman that, that was brought up by Fabian. Nope. Are, are you no, we're going to have to do some research. There? Okay. Yeah. No. Like, uh, did you write, did you write down the name? No, I'll have to listen back and I'll have to try my <laughs> best to spell out the name. Um, because clearly we were saying, you know, Fabian, Fabian, we're still saying it wrong. Um, we actually, before the show off camera, we, we got him to say his own name. And then Brennan and I kind of looked at each other like, oh shit, like we're not going to be able to say that. <laughs> so, uh, so Fabian Lucell is, you know, as close as we can get, um, but we're still going to say it differently. And, and yeah, as far as researching the name, that's something we'll have to do. Maybe there's a guy projected as a hidden gem somewhere in the third or fourth round that we're going to have to look into. Now, one question that we didn't get to ask, which, which I think uh, I'm, mm. A, a bit upset about well it's, yeah. it's actually two different questions so yep. fabian grew up playing in the frolunda system so he yep. grew up kind of pl playing through it and i mean as sense fans we're extremely familiar with the system because it's the same system that daniel albertson as well as eric carlson graduated from so it's quite possible that well i mean obviously the, the, those are two guys at least eric carlson uh, for sure I, I think that Fabian probably would have looked up to growing up having that uh, that club around. And I mean, th those guys are just absolutely massive in Sweden in, in general. So um, I, I think a, a lot of players automatically kind of look up to them. So I think that that that's definitely a pretty cool thing as as a Sens fan to to kind of think about. I know that Derek, you kind of had that comparison of like five foot eleven right winger Swedish played for Frulunda. Reminds me of someone, uh, <laughs> second coming of, of our, our Lord and Savior, Daniel Alfredson. Yeah, it's uh, that was the one that, uh, like you said, that we were probably most disappointed that our stream sort of messed up on us and we couldn't ask him because uh, we, uh, yeah, I was going to frame it in a way that uh, got Fabian to uh, to say whether he was a huge fan of Daniel Alfredson growing up. He wore the number, jersey number 11, you know, for his career. So, uh, so it would be, a really cool parallel to draw with uh, with Sens fans there with the number 11 and Daniel Alfredson. But to be honest, like personality wise, he sort of reminded me of Eric Carlson in a lot of ways. Yeah, no, I, I can I could totally see it. Like, I, I think that he was definitely humble, but he also isn't afraid to to speak and he's not afraid to kind of like say say what what's on his mind. And I think like he, he looks like one of those kind of like natural leaders where he's like, he's a leader on the ice and he's not going to be like yelling at everyone, telling them what to do. But, uh, well, I mean, I guess Eric could, could get like that at times, but, uh, <laughs> but, but no, like, and I, I, I do think that in a lot of ways, like personality wise, he definitely reminded me of him and he just, he seemed like the kind of guy that just likes to have fun. He just wants to play, well, I guess, wh what was it? It's, uh, it's, Pickleball. Racket, racket tennis or no? Yeah. What, what is it? Uh, yeah. Paddle tennis. Paddle tennis. Paddle tennis. So Which I think is pickleball. But yeah, he's probably like in the midst of the, the paddle tennis tournament right now. Yeah, no, I, I, nice of him to take the time out. Like I, for, for anyone listening to the audio stream that, that didn't get to catch the video, um, or who's just tuning in, he, he was basically just like sitting in a chair 
in the back of, of this pickleball. So we think pickleball uh, court or arena. I'm not sure what, what exactly it would be <laughs> Let's called. Let's go with arena because it sounds so arena. much cooler. <laughs> and it looked, it looked massive. I don't know. Like, yeah. at the beginning, MGM grand. <laughs> it must be. A, it's yeah. a massive thing. It's a massive thing in Sweden. And, and yeah. fair enough. That, that thing's electric um that game's electric but but no yeah so it looked like he kind of just like found himself a little cubby to to hang out and to conduct his interview with us so just just massive kudos to that as well because i could only imagine the heat he was receiving from the guys while they're like okay we need we need our extra guy where is he get in here i'm sweating up a storm it, it reminded me of the pajot have you seen the pajot video from the bubble last year they're playing um table tennis and he has like a full boxing entrance to the uh, to the ring. It was just amazing. His headband on. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. That's what it reminded me of. Good. Well, hopefully the Suns can draw that comparison as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so before we head out, um, we have some huge announcements coming up. We're not going to make them right now, but stay tuned because I think the word "huge" doesn't even do it justice. It's uh, it's 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 pretty big. It's pretty big. Um, I'm definitely very excited for for what what's coming forward, and I think all of our listeners will be as well. Um, and and yeah, so we should have some word out on that next week. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So so keep posted stay and uh, <laughs> stay sick, everyone.